0: Need people to teach classes? I know people to teach classes. Yeah. Like, need people to come in and talk in your class? Like, I got tons of people.
1: Yeah, I know people. It's why <laughs> I live in New York and I'm a professional. Yeah, yeah. Um
0: it's it's like it's a great thing.
1: Uh this is episode 22 of Pals with Bill Wadman. And uh Eli Nugaborn is here. After have we been friends for what?
0: It's got to be about ten years.
1: Probably almost closing 10 years. in on
0: ten years. <clears throat> so,
1: uh, yeah. e- Eli is an illustrator. Eli is a photo retoucher. Eli is a tenured professor of what is the what is the program called officially? Communication design. Communication design at City Tech, which is a CUNY school here in New York City. Um, and that see that all happened after I met you. Right. Were you teaching at that when I met you?
0: I may. It depends. If we met, I got laid off july 1st 2009 i was at spin magazine doing all the retouching at spin and i got laid off july 1st i had already this is the the weirdness of life or the the good things that can happen when you don't expect it uh in march through i think i've told you the story the retouchpro.com i was i had found because i was interviewing with box studios back when that still existed Pascal Dangen. And I was interviewing with him.
1: He's a hack. Yeah.
0: He is totally not. He's made, <laughs> he is a, a visionary. Uh, interestingly
1: def- enough, yeah. uh, one of my future, uh, guests on this show is, was a retoucher at box. Oh, nice. So we'll get to that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I, when I was interviewing, I was trying to do research and find out anything I could about Pascal, about how box operated. And I found it in this dark, you know, it doesn't need to be dark in a, in a Corner of the internet, I found RetouchPro.com, and on one of their messaging groups, I found a discussion that was pretty much all pros, because the rest of it was like, "How do you restore grandma's yeah. pictures?" and "Gearheads," and and then in this one tiny corner were people who were like, "I got a job," or "What do I charge for this job?" or you know yeah, that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so I found some stuff there, and then through that portal, I kept going back, and I saw a, a listing that said, um, "Isn't academia." Crazy. Yeah. And, the, and it was like, here's this posting. It's they want five years of professional experience and an MFA, and you have to know all these different things and you have to be good at retouching. And,
1: and basic, you said, <laughs> I know all, I have all these things.
0: I checked everything on, except for one obscure, uh, I, I don't even know if it was a calibration tool or a color correction tool that yeah. had gone the way of the dodo in, you know, six right. years before that. Um, so I applied in March and didn't hear back until November. So I got laid off July 1st. Uh,
1: so you applied before you got laid off.
0: I applied before I got laid off.
1: <clears throat> Figured, the, oh, maybe I'll do something on the side or, or no, just, you, you knew it was on the way out of It was full time anyway.
0: tenure track. And I knew, yeah, I mean, the writing had been on the wall for print media. It still is on the wall. It's just, yeah. you know, still slowly it's dying. It's slipping down the wall. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I, I had, I, w- I had just been applying for different things. So I was applying for box and then that didn't work out. Uh, cause they just kept low. They were like, what's your current salary? Well, how about like 15% less than that? Because yeah. you're going to be joining us.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Us, yeah, yeah,
0: us. yeah. 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 Uh, so yeah, I, I basically ended that before they even made an offer. Um, but yeah, the, 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 the teaching thing happened. So I started January, 2010 and it was, yeah, it was a lot of fumbling and learning on the go.
1: Yeah. I'd imagine. Yeah. The, uh, you know, so you have an MFA in, is it an illustration?
0: MFA in art studio. Uh, so painting. Yeah. Well, it, not even painting it, the, the, this, I mean, it, it's kind of like job titles, you know, a creative yeah. director one place or, or a vice president at one place can be something very different at another. So, um, I think my BFA was in studio art focused on painting. My MFA was in art studio at Santa Barbara and it, you didn't need a focus for it. Yeah. So I did a ton of drawing. I did some installation. I did, uh, you know, painting. I did. It is interesting because I I think of
1: you as a illustrator more than I do a painter. Right. Even though apparently you painted for at least four years of your life. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so how'd you get started in all this stuff? When you, how how old were you? Were you one of those kids, your kids famously Hmm. tiny art directors,
0: tiny art at tiny art directors. On Instagram.
1: And they're amazing. You should go follow them. Uh, never go anywhere. You guys go nowhere without paper and pencil. Yeah. For these kids are markers or whatever. Yeah, bag, whatever,
0: We right? have a, a yeah. our go bag is yeah. basically uh, a couple of clipboards, a bunch of copy paper yeah. and two giant bags full of markers.
1: Right. Yeah. So they're what, five and eight. Was it? Is that what you uh, yeah. Think? Five and okay. eight. Okay. So you go somewhere and they're being five and eight year olds and you say, here, here's some paper and some stuff. Make something. And they seem like they're constantly just drawing. Were you that kid at age five and eight?
0: I think I was. Um, I don't. I don't have specific memories of the act of drawing. Yeah. Um, but I know there was always paper around. I was always drawing. Uh, you were so, that
1: kid in elementary school and middle school who was like doodling on their book and yes. drawing comic book characters.
0: Yeah, constantly. I always had, and beyond that, beyond that, I always had. I remember I always had a sketchbook in my bag. Yeah. Would, and there were two. There was. There were two really, in my ute, there were two really formative experiences that positively reinforced me and, like, kept me on the track. Yeah. Um, I remember in kindergarten, there was a a Curious George. It's the one where he's holding the fireman's hand, and maybe there's, I think the fireman's holding a telephone. Yep. Um, And I had copied that cover, and... I don't remember being particularly impressed with myself because all I did was copy something that was already there. Did
1: you start tracing or do no, no, like straight no, it was copying? No, no, freehand. Okay.
0: Um, but people freaked out. I remember. Oh my it was God, like you a, can copy. Yeah, Well, it was like, the, no, they were like, he's such a great artist. See, look at what he made. And I'm like, and in my head, I was like, don't they realize I just was looking at this thing? But I didn't realize that being able to look and then draw was, a, that's like what makes an artist. basically. Right. So you,
1: so you, you had. <laughs> Aptitude for that from the beginning. Yeah. I, you know, I've done, uh, I was actually talking to Mac Primo the other day about this. I've done a handful of sit down and figure drawing things where, you know, I'll go with a sketchbook and, you know, draw some person in the nude sitting there in a weird shape, right? Just sure. what they yeah. do. And there are people who can do that. And instead of really outlining, it's four flicks of the pencil that you could look at and think, Oh yeah, that's the essence of right. that shape.
0: Gesture drawing, man. right? Yeah. So people
1: have it, and some people don't see that way. I mean, I'm sure it can be learned to some extent, you know. Right. But but there are people who that's innate in them.
0: I think. I th- yeah, I mean, it's I I, I think like anybody, I kind of brist—not bristle, but I—I I always want to push back a little bit on the sort of like. And I think it's because people like us, if we are where we are, we've been professionals for long enough. It's like, no, working I, at it a long time. I worked my ass off. No, and I, yeah, and I'm not de- So there's, denying. there's that, there's that like not bristling necessarily, yeah. but pushing back against the sort of pure talent.
1: But even, myth. like, but even as you said, yeah, talking yeah. about copying that thing, you saw it in such a way right. that you were able to do that. I can't draw to save my life. Right. So there's, I can do a lot of other things. I can't draw. Right. Right. But, but you are an illustrator, your kids are into that. Mm-hmm. Your father's a writer, my dad's a writer. yeah. right. so do you think that was an element of it too?
0: Yeah, my dad I mean, and my dad, when he was a kid, drew a lot as well.
1: Oh, really, okay uh, uh, and had father...
0: some had some talent for it. Uh, oh, I've okay. seen some of his drawings, like he's kept a couple over the years that he's shown me you know, they've surfaced through his files, and um like he he could draw if he had applied himself, I think he would have been an you know an okay okay artist I, yeah, who, yeah. you know it's one of those who who knows if you know but there was enough of raw talent there that you know if he had worked at it yeah um but my and my mom is a painter also oh okay um, oh,
1: i forgot about that
0: she was i mean she went to pratt for library science and you know had did got her mfa and worked as a librarian yeah. um but she also was a painter mostly watercolors Oh, so, interesting. Yeah. Okay.
1: So you did have it sort of from both sides. I
0: grew up in a very artistic and so, encouraging household. So, so when is, you were
1: yeah. in high school and you were saying, eh, maybe I want to go to school for art, yeah. there wasn't the classic battle of, what are you going <laughs> to no,
0: do with that degree? No, no, there was none of that. Um, no, my... my <laughs> you're,
1: you're thinking, I, I wish they had said something about... It.
0: <laughs> I honestly did because, because when I finished my four years uh, and got my degree and I moved to New York uh, you know, a a week after commencement. Um, and then had that like, Oh, right. You can't get a job as a painter. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you can, but it means something (laughs) lowercase P, whatever it, you know, means something very different. Uh, and so I waited tables and worked in restaurants and, and did my art on the side. Um, until I got a job as an actual illustrator.
1: Believing that eventually you would find a job as an illustrator. What, what was the, what was your dream at that point?
0: Uh, I think my my dream at that point, it, it morphed, it changed. I mean, when I was a kid, you know, it's like what I want to be a professional baseball player. And then, uh, and then I got really into comics probably around my older son's age, around eight, seven, eight years old. I got super, super into comics in the early eighties. And, uh, and that, that stayed with me all the way through college. Yeah. Um, but the school I ended up going to Ohio university, uh, for undergrad, um, they didn't, they had a drawing major, which they, they didn't have illustration. They had drawing. So you could do drawing, sculpture, painting, et cetera, And they cut drawing as a major the year I got there. So oh. it was in all the materials I got. Do you think I that's like,
1: why you moved to painting is because.
0: Painting was the closest thing. In my yeah. mind, it's like, all right, drawing, paint, you do, you do drawings before you make a painting anyway. So I might as well do painting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But over the course of the four years, the, the program there, it wasn't exactly contemporary. Um, Ohio being landlocked and all. Uh, but it was, it was up with the trends and it was more conceptual than not. Yeah. Uh, I did a crap load of figure drawing. I mean, so many figure drawing classes,
1: but it, but it is interesting that I don't, I think of your stuff is very figurative, not really abstract. Right. So you do, were they kind of pushing you to say, you know, Oh, the world's moving abstract. Either. what are you doing drawing things we can actually see when not even?
0: Yeah. Yes. But also that at that point, this is the mid to late nineties. Um, so I finished my degree in 97. Uh, so I guess early to, to mid nineties, uh, the program there in the art world was, I mean, even beyond abstraction, just, you know, everything needs to be conceptually based. Sure. So if you're doing something, you can do realism.
1: I want a four paragraph treatise before you even start.
0: That's it. Exactly. Yeah. So there needs, everything is textual. Everything is, is the the, the dialectic.
1: (laughs) I always feel is, I know trends come and go and you know, art moves through cycles and the way we think about it, all of that. Yeah. But at the same time, that feels like the antithesis of what visual art should be. You know, I, I think it should primarily, <clears throat> primarily meaning not most importantly, but at least initially be a visual medium that if it has meaning underneath it, maybe that's a subtext thing and not.
0: Right. I, know, I I think that's what I probably believed at. That- when I started at the school and it's what I've come around to believing now. And
1: but you uh, drank the Kool-Aid for a while.
0: I drank the Kool-Aid for a while, but I also, I remember having a visceral visceral response. Uh, one of the grad students while I was an undergrad did this installation. She, there was like an empty office in an office building in the center of town. And she did this giant thing and uh, they wrote it up in the new, in the, the local paper, not just the school paper, but the the local paper. And I remember they interviewed her and they were asking her about it. And she, you know, they were asking about how people were reacting to it. Cause it was a very conceptual is this installation that you had to get. Like it was like this inflatable thing that filled the entire office space. Okay. And so you had to kind of like smoosh, like a Rachel white read kind of a thing. Yeah. Probably you had to like smoosh your way around it. And when they asked her about how people were responding, she, she, this like, I got angry about it. She was like, she was like, well, the, the problem is people just don't know how to see it. Yeah, And I was just like, that's, yeah fucking you shouldn't have to explain no no and and so i think fundamentally even then and my work was was still even when it was abstract it was still sort of figurative and representational and it Mm. always i realized you know in my sort of middle mid-career now that what i've always been interested in whether it's comics or painting or or whatever is is storytelling through images that that not that it needs to be a succinct narrative with a beginning and a middle and an end, but that there needs to be, you know, humans, we, you know, whether it's music or, you know, or, or literature or movies or art, like we, we like stories. We want to, we want empathy. We want to identify with something. We want to feel things. So
1: did, did the narrative aspect of say comics come easily to you? The idea of, Oh, I'm going to tell a story or was it, I need to figure out how to do that in order to draw the things I want to draw.
0: Um, I would say no, (laughs) I, uh, I'm, I'm a pretty good writer, uh, whether it's, you know, like when I was writing, uh, critical theory stuff in undergrad and grad school, or, um, if I have to write an email or if I, you know, uh, but writing stories like non, uh, fiction does not come easy to me. Uh, and, and I it's like a total it's been a struggle to write my own stories for comics. There's and part of part of it might just be that I haven't spent as much time. Yeah. Um but writing comics is one of the hardest things I've ever attempted to do. When writing and drawing comics as a combo is definitely the hard creatively yeah. the hardest thing I've ever attempted to do. It's a ridiculous heaping pile of work. It's, yeah. it's so much work. It's insane. <laughs>
1: You know, they're, they're, I feel like there are a lot of people who, a lot of illustrators who comics were their entrance into the whole thing. Mm-hmm. They all wanted to be comic artists. Everyone, you know, now comics were cool again for the last decade or whatever, yeah. where they weren't for a long time. Can't get away from them. Yeah. There's <laughs> people like uh, Heather's friend, Jamie McKelvey, right? Who right. were sucking wind for years, selling prints every month to make rent for $30, 30 quid a piece. Cause he's in, he's in London. Yeah and now he sold his last book to HBO or whatever it is. Right. You know what I so mean? Get and, and, the
0: divine. Right? Yeah. 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 And
1: doing all that kind of stuff. Right. So there are stories of people who made, it if they ground it out for 20 years, you know what I mean? And I'm sure there are stories of people who walked out of school and fell into something at Marvel and suddenly became yeah. phenoms or whatever it is.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's, there's always, there's always the strokes and then there's like Husker du or or, so, you know, there's the right, bands right, right, that, right. that make it immediately. And there's the artists that, it's a, you know, 20 year overnight success.
1: Right. But the ones that people talk about 30 years later as the, uh, inspiration for, for so many things, you know? Right. Um, but for you, was it a matter of, cause the illustrative job that you got out of school was doing what kind of illustration?
0: Uh, I was a staff illustrator at a, uh, an accessories company.
1: What was that like?
0: That was, uh, it was great. I, I mean, I, so going back to what we had talked about sort of at the beginning, which I never gave you a straight answer was, was, uh, uh, what, what would have been my ideal thing coming out of college? Yeah. Uh, I honestly didn't know cause I wanted to get my work into galleries. Uh, and I had a couple of shows. I had one solo show and I had, a, I was in a couple of group shows. Um, but I also was not getting any help from parents and I had to pay rent. So I right. had to, I had to work and make money and, and, uh, and I realized very quickly that you had to basically be independently wealthy to be a successful gallery artist.
1: Doesn't it feel that way?
0: It. it you think it's true?
1: I think it's. I mean, you, I we make the joke flippantly, but I think that there's a lot of that.
0: I think it's. I think it's mostly true. I think. I think you know, and I. I, I also understand that I come from a place of privilege, and I've, yeah, you know, I grew up. You in your su- own
1: privilege, but
0: I grew up in a super artsy household. I'm a white man. Like I. I. I ooze privilege uh, on some levels, but I think there's a different level of privilege that it takes to get into that world. And right. it's also, there's also the case of like, you know, some people come straight out of school and they, the the cards hit right and they, you know, they get the, they get a break. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, like there was a hashtag going around a month or two ago, uh, hashtag breaking into comics. And it was yeah. all these people like Jamie. Uh, he probably chimed in on it um, just telling their stories. And there was some, this Irish artist, who he, he was like, I lugged hundred pound bags of coal, you know? And then when I got home at night, you know, physically, physically breaking stuff, he'd stay up until three in the morning drawing and did that for like eight years until he, you know, had enough work and They're grinding bro- broke, it out. Yeah. He broke in after eight years. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, when I got out of school, I was, I wanted to be a gallery artist and then, uh, but I also knew that I could draw because I had spent my entire childhood, through high school, all the way through college, just the one constant was just drawing, drawing, drawing. And I love drawing, drawing in pen, drawing in pencil, charcoal. Honestly, I mean, I, if you put me on the spot, I could say what my favorite things are, but, but it didn't matter. As long as I was drawing, you know? Um, And so when I was waiting tables at this place called restaurant Dano on fifth and 27th, and uh, there was one night, uh, one of the other waiters was like, Oh, uh, these regulars, Andrea, and I forget what her girlfriend's name was. They were in and, and Andrea works. She needs a, a designer or she needs an illustrator. And we told her that you knew how to draw. And, and I and was just like, like, that, yeah. And so I was like, okay, great. So I like faxed my resume or called or, you know, and set up an interview. I went to Mo Ginsburg's sure. and after work, uh, after my lunch shift, I went to Mo Ginsburg's and bought a suit because I didn't own a suit. Uh, I put my portfolio such as it was together, like some of the comic strips I drew in college and kind of whatever I had, you know, my slides, I had, yeah. you know, actual slides of, uh,
1: ah, the old days. <laughs> Yeah.
0: Yeah. Slides of my paintings and stuff. Uh, and I got the interview and she was impressed with me. Uh, she, she appreciated that I wore a suit, which I thought was, which I thought was good. Um, yeah.
1: if you had to do it over again, would you, would you have said to yourself, you don't need to wear a suit?
0: I don't, I mean, I like, I I like that aspect of it. I like that I went, I know. Like play. you're the kid who
1: overdressed for the interview. Totally. Yeah. yeah.
0: And it, and, <laughs> and it worked, you know. It's, there was, I'm sure she, do you have appreciated. a hard time getting
1: rid of that suit when it stopped fitting you?
0: <laughs> uh, honestly, it probably would still fit me if I still had it. I think it just became threadbare because I oh, only okay. had one suit. So I wore so it to, you wore for years. <laughs> I wore yeah. it to every wedding and funeral for the next six years or something like that. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Actually, I, I had that suit until after grad school. So that was, seven years later.
1: So this is fashion accessories you were doing?
0: It was children's accessories. So okay. I was doing, uh, it was licensed stuff for Warner studio stores, Disney studio stores. So it was like, uh, glitter gels and hair bows. And
1: were you making more or less money than you were making working as a waiter? A lot less waiters can
0: make some money, right? I was making a lot less. It's I was funny. That, I was pulling it? home, you know, I'd come home some nights with four or $500 cash in my pocket uh, and my, the, the, my salary at that first job was 25,000. And after six months, she said, we'll give you a, a review after six months. And they bumped me up to 30,000. Woo. Yeah. So that was, this was ni- this? 98, 1998. Okay. So I was making.
1: My first job was in 98 as well. Not actually not too far from there. Fifth Avenue and 28 West 23rd Street between fifth and sixth. Oh, nice.
0: Yeah. So I always got off because I lived in Park Slope at the time and I got, I always got, a, I took the F to 23rd Yep. and I grab a yep. egg and cheese on 23rd on my way past the Flatiron.
1: It's amazing that you and I didn't bump into each other earlier. We we may in have. the same neighborhood. Yeah, we actually <laughs> may have. Um, oh, you were that asshole. On the trend, <laughs> yeah. you know? I'm the guy. I'm that guy. Uh, the so beer how long I'm did ahead. you do that for?
0: Uh, I did it for more than a year, but I can't remember exact. All the you know, I think without the the benefit, I barely had email at the time, and um, it's it's a bit of a blur. So I know I I know it was early '98 when I got the job. Uh, but I don't remember when in 99 I gave my notice.
1: So you're only there for a year.
0: Probably. It seemed like forever, you know? Uh, but, oh, and, and here's, so here's a cool thing, like in terms of not knowing what I wanted to do, but then also, you know, taking what came my way and, and, you know, actually going for this job, you know, it came my way, but I still had to go out and get it. Um, but I remember, you know, the first day I was there, I had a drawing table and, uh, a power Mac, one of the old beige, uh, desktop ones. And, um, I remember I was just, I was like, that was cool. But I also had to ask the person sitting next to me, my coworker, how to turn on the computer because I had taken one. I one. You were not a
1: computer guy. At no, I
0: taken one digital design class in college. Oh, see,
1: that's fascinating because I've been a computer guy since 1982. <laughs> I mean, I, I had a Commodore
0: I, 64, but I yeah. I didn't my first stick job
1: out of school was making fifty thousand dollars at an ad firm doing computer stuff for the web. At the right. same time, right down the street, and it was all computers. Right, where I can't do the – See, it's funny to think that there are. You were probably the last generation of art students. Right? Yeah, there you were. Know I what, mean, you know, what I'm I remember
0: having. Yeah, I remember having discussions with my classmates in undergrad,
1: doing it the same way that Michelangelo did.
0: Well, but, <laughs> but and then being like, so you think this digital art's going to stick around?"
1: You really remember? Oh yeah, remember
0: yeah. Like, do you think it's it's really a thing? Because mm-hmm. it wasn't, you know, like there was like Nam June Pike doing weird video stuff, and sure, yeah. But the idea of like digital art was so primitive at the yeah. time, you know, and and because everything was so conceptually based, all the not all, but most of the digital art that I was seeing was uh, self-reflexive, where it was basically like you are the mouse kind True. of installation stuff or like very, very much um, where like the tool illustrates the thing, which I guess reflects high modernism if you want to go there, like add Reinhardt and stuff yeah. like that. Like yeah, it's yeah. about it's about the canvas, it's about the brush. So if using digital stuff is about the digital stuff, you know, it's like, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. that would be a stretch for me though.
1: It is interesting that the, 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 yeah the, the, the artistic intellectualism when it gets involved in, oh, it's it, the method is. Right. The, you
0: know, where the uh, method becomes the yeah, art. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah.
1: I, a, I, that's where they lose me. Right. I okay. mean, I'm sure some of that work I enjoy, but you know, from an intellectual standpoint, they right. lose me. Yeah. Um, I mean,
0: I had used Mac paint and stuff like that. Sure. I remember just messing around. I just had the, like a flash of, do you remember there was a, the first all digital comic in the eighties called shatter.
1: No, I don't remember uh, it's that. It's
0: worth, I think eclipse comics put it out or first, maybe first drawn on like
1: Mac paint or something.
0: Yeah. And it was like pixels. It yeah, was, yeah. but it was great. It was, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, and I rem- it was groundbreaking. It wasn't probably wasn't great. If I looked at it now, I I'm sure I have a copy downstairs, but
1: yeah, uh, I was never into comics. Oh, okay. So it's this really interesting thing for my friends who <laughs> were for all those years, they assume. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, I, I don't know that I've ever read. I don't know that I've ever read a comic all the way through.
0: Well, I'll talk Even to Heather about thing. fixing that.
1: Well, yeah. <laughs> um, but okay. So why did you leave the job?
0: Uh, So, so the job was great. Um, I remember two weeks after the first two weeks of being there, I remember, you know, they, they, my boss came around and handed us our paychecks. Um, you were like, and this everybody, is all
1: I get. <laughs> no uh,
0: I remember my I had two there were two other people sitting at drawing tables two other illustrators and the art director had her office with a door and the two other illustrators went to lunch and I sat there and opened the envelope and started crying
1: because you because I got money illustrating I got
0: paid to I got paid to sit there and draw like not uh-huh. like tears pouring out of my yeah, head, yeah, but like, yeah. I got you like, had a moment I got like legit weepy and was just like like oh right this is what I've dreamed of since I'm a I was professional a professional
1: illustrator yeah
0: somebody was paying me to to draw in New York City and yeah I mean I didn't that didn't factor in it in that but it moment could have been but for some yeah, people, yeah 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 I think because my dad was from Brooklyn like I grew up in Massachusetts but my dad was from Brooklyn we always all our family was down here we always came down here so New York while yeah it's like yeah like New York if you're gonna be an artist like you should do it in New York yeah, yeah um but it was always sort of like yeah I'm, I'm pretty much gonna end up in in New York and pretty much knew i was going to end up in brooklyn because my dad never shut up about brooklyn. Oh, really? <laughs> brooklyn was yeah, it was just brooklyn, brooklyn, brooklyn. All his books are about brooklyn. Yeah. Um, yeah. He is he is a proud brooklyn boy. Of course he lives on the upper west side now, so I was going to say so he doesn't live in brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but he comes here to see us so That's good.
1: <laughs> so 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 why leave?
0: Uh, so so yeah, i remember having a moment where, you know, it was that that moment i think everybody has at their first job where i was like we had a showroom so the office was on uh, 37th and 5th and then the showroom was on over in uh, the Manhattan mall. And there's a bunch of showrooms above there. And I was like running. St- Manhattan
1: mall still exists. I know.
0: And it's all like accessory companies and apparel and, uh, companies yeah. and stuff that, are, that have the space above it. Uh, and I remember, I remember I was like running stuff, you know, I was like a gopher. Like I had finished drawing some stuff and I had to th- deliver presentation boards to the salespeople and, like I, you know that there's that big like round bank that everybody has events at and they film every episode yep. of Gotham. And, uh, I was like leaning against that, smoking a cigarette cause I was a dumb a bad kid. Boy. I was, I was a badass. Do and, not smoke kids. No, no, smoking's bad. Um, I quit pretty soon thereafter. Uh, yeah. And I was like leaning against, and I remember like looking downtown and being like, what am I doing? Like I'm wasting my life. <laughs> uh, and I basically, I don't know if I had like started looking for a job, but was just thinking about what the net, that was like where that I switched over and was like, all right, I, I need another thing. Cause yeah. I had this vision of myself. Like, you know, my boss was groomed. She, she liked my work. I did good work. I was happy, you know, I was like making money. Um, you know, and it was What's like, next? Oh, like, yeah, like I'll in two or three years, I'll be an art director. You know, even if I jump to another company, I can do this. Access- and I was just like, I don't want to do children's accessories the rest of my life. I don't even know if I want to do accessories Right. So I had to like take it, you know, cause I was still wanted to be an, you know, capital A artist, like a gallery artist. Yeah. Cause I was, and I was still making paintings and things like that.
1: Isn't it interesting that there's almost, you say that that was sort of an inflection point, mm-hmm. you know, that you're talking about that, that there are always examples of that where you, you know, where you need to go, but you're not ready to make the statement of, oh yeah, that's definitely what I'm doing. You know, it nags at you, and you're on like a seesaw, right? And It's right. like eventually it clicks out. Or there's this moment of, oh no, I'm on the other side of that mountain. Right. There's no going back.
0: No, no. You know, it's,
1: it's kind of like if you're in a bad relationship or in a relationship, yeah. and you're just like, there's one something happens, you go, yeah, I got to break up with that person. Right. Right. And it's, it's just, just it's, it's just all done. you can think about now is is you know. Right.
0: Yeah. There's there's yeah. So that was yeah the the inflection point. There was the no, there was no going back from once I had that realization. Then it was. It was, I was done. I was, I had moved on in my head.
1: Right. So even if you had nowhere to go, right. I need to walk out of this in order to force myself to go somewhere else.
0: Right. But I'm, I've always been very, I think because I was a, paying all my own bills and stuff, I've. I've always been very pragmatic about, I'll never leave a job without another job. Yeah. So my roommate at the was. time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I love these, these people who are like, you need to take a six month sabbatical from clients and. Uh, you know, yeah, like follow your. It's truth. fine if you have credit tr- card, yeah, <laughs> right, or a rich husband or yeah. wife or whatever. Follow your truth, like okay, you do that. I'm gonna keep making money, yeah, yeah. you know, or like the people who are like, don't, don't, you got to fight for your rates and things like that. It's like yeah. that sounds great when you've been doing it for twenty years and you can say yes, you know, you can leave money on the table and be okay with it. But I, I, you know, like myself at the time, you know, and I, I was in a much better place than a lot of my students, but yeah. I, you know, and my students are like. They can't, they can't scare off every client. Like they need to do some, some cheap work. Can we do a sidebar for a moment then?
1: If you're in a situation where let's say you would charge, somebody says, oh, we need you to illustrate these things, X, Y, Z or retouch X, Y, Z. Your normal thing, let's say you would just number, right? It'll be a thousand dollars to retouch this thing. Right. And they come back to you and they say, well, all we have is $500 are you the kind of person who will say, well, you know what? I didn't have $500 before I'll take the $500. Or do you say, no, sorry. Like, you know, maybe I could do it for 800, but I'm not doing it for 500. Is there a line at which you say I'm not horning myself out for that <laughs> or, or, and the other flip side of that is also the, if I say yes to $500 now, they're going to start at $500 next time and talk me down to $400. Right. And I'm just undercutting myself. I, I had a situation like this happen to me recently and I ended up having to walk away. Mm-hmm. This so, is,
0: this is like its own podcast, right? <laughs> yeah, it is. And that's,
1: that's, I mean, it's, it's, it's like, I'll, I'll give you like five minutes of discussion okay. on this, but All I, right. yeah, I want to yeah. know, I just want to know where you, cause you just said, I, I can't leave money on the table. Right.
0: Well, I couldn't, I'm at the point now where I can at the time I couldn't, um, you know, and I would take, You're the
1: young kid bringing the market down.
0: Yeah, I was, I definitely was. I mean, not that I knew what the market was at the time, but. But these, you know, these days, like I said, I'm, I, I am speaking from a ridiculous point of privilege. I've got this tenured job, yeah. which has a very yeah. good salary, even for New York.
1: If Not a side good, job comes, comes along, you don't have to take it. Cause I don't
0: anymore. Yeah. Even, but even a year ago, two years ago, I did because raising two kids and living in Park Slope is really, really expensive. Yeah. Um, so I, uh, even up until recently, I pretty much was saying yes to everything. Design, you know architecture firm emails because they need a a flyer i'll do it sure you know here's my rate uh but in terms of the 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 start of the question was what do you say no to so i got like i january 1st uh because cuny is union there's there's a structure to the salary and january 1st i got a raise which is great yeah uh rather than being, who's the the Starbucks guy who's in the news right now? Yeah, uh, I can't remember yeah, his like name. That yeah, guy. that guy. Um, rather than being somebody who's just, you know, the, the dragon sitting on a pile of gold, I'm looking at 2019 because me and, me and Jen are in a much more financially secure place now because we're sending the boys for, to school for free. Uh, I'm in a place where I'm looking at that raise, which... Between last year and this year, essentially ends up as being around 10k, which is okay. significant. That's a lot. Uh, So, are you going to
1: get that kind of raise every year, or no, is this the year of no, special?
0: Because no, I got I got promoted.
1: Oh, right! So, so a I big went promotion, from right? Assistant yeah. to
0: associate professor. yes yeah, right, right. Um. So yeah, being transparent, I, I even threw the number out there. Uh, But I'm basically looking at that as ten thousand dollars worth of freelance I can say no to or walk away from. Oh,
1: interesting. Okay.
0: So rather than. Cause you that, don't
1: enjoy doing that work. That No, work, I
0: do. I, it's not that I don't enjoy it, but it's, it's, it's $10,000 of ability want,
1: to say no to stuff you don't want to do.
0: Exactly. That's, that's yeah. right on the nose there. Yeah. The stuff that I, I've said yes to everything, you know, it, there've been a few cases, like somebody put me in touch with a carpet company and they were like, we're going to send you over a bunch of samples. And we assume that you have a light box that you yeah. can match the cup. And I was like, Oh, these people are going to be a real pain in the ass. And I yeah. just, I quoted them an outrageous price Uh, and they were like, yeah, I think we're going to go in another direction, which was something my, I learned from my dad when my dad had a, a if you don't want
1: to do it, don't say no, just charge, just charge a
0: shitload. And if they say yes, then it's, you know, that's the cost of doing it. Yeah. Maybe it's worth the, the aggravation because then you can go to Portugal for a week or something. Um, so, but I'm, I it's, it's a luxury to be able to say what I just said that like, like yesterday. Because
1: you're, you're an artist in this thing, but because your most of your income comes from teaching you have this constant sort of full-time job on top of that
0: right and you know my wife is working more and more like she's based like not even basically she's full-time now where you know for the last seven years it's been sort of slowly getting back to full-time and she just got a raise and I just got a raise so it's like things are financially uh things are in a good place so I have the luxury of being able like yesterday I got an email I finished a big job uh, I think I was, I was telling you before we started, I did 58 images last week right. for a photographer who I love. Uh, I loved working on his stuff. The the images were not difficult and the rate was good. So started the year with a bang. Awesome. Got an email yesterday from a photographer who I also like her work, but it's still life, which is always going to be a little more demanding. And the last couple of times I've worked with her, she's hit me with le- really low rates and she hasn't listened to this. No, she's hit me with some lower rates, and I've said yes because it's, we have a relationship. But I, right. but also usually there's there's going to be one or two bigger jobs with really good budgets, right? And there hasn't been, and so I meet you know I was like, oh, it's her. I have to say yes, and then I was like, hang on a sec. So I was like, I was like, you know, I was like, what's the budget? Which is always my thing. You know, the three questions I try to drill my students on this too. Somebody contacts you, you say, what do you need? When do you need it? Yeah. What's the budget? Those yeah. you got to ask those questions right off. So. Six images uh, needed by the end of next week. And the budget is a hundred yeah. an image. Right. And I was like, no. Right. So I was like, you know, normally, you know, is that okay? And she wrote, is that okay? And I said, no, because normally this is what I charge. You know, I go, I'll go lower for catalog and sometimes for online. Um, but she, she, you know, as she should, she's a craftsman. She, all of her work, she wants to be like, there's no cutting corners.
1: Right. She and she's to be demanding
0: right. and her stuff right. is. Beautiful as a result, but I also know it's going to be a little more lifting.
1: But you're a pro, and maybe somebody who just got out of school will take a hundred dollars a Right,
0: image. right. But she came back. She's and, the
1: U twenty years ago. You know what I mean? Like she used right, to, to find the U twenty years ago.
0: Yeah, but she she actually came back with a little more money, and I was like, you know, I'll do it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: You know, because she but, made she made the effort, and yeah, yeah.
1: Interesting. All right. So wait, yeah. <laughs> back to our previously scheduled program. Right. So, so you quit the job, you were quit trying to do the art thing. So again. I didn't quit
0: the job. I oh, had, I'm the, sorry. I had the epiphany yep. that it was time for me to quit or time for me to move on. Uh, <laughs> so what did you start looking for? So my roommate at the time was working at the Whitney and mm-hmm. he, uh, I think he was in the development office of at the Whitney, uh, back in the old space. And he, a, co- a former colleague of his, who was in the education department at the Whitney, had moved to the education department at MoMA, and they had just partnered with the Lincoln Center Institute, which is I'm like dro- name dropping some awesome stuff right here, right? Yeah. Uh, so Lincoln Center, MoMA, Insti-
1: Whitney, Lincoln Center,
0: you know, as New one, York, as one does. We all
1: work at these places in New York. <laughs> <laughs> Carnegie Hall, poof, yeah, that's yeah. down
0: the street. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, uh, so he said this woman who was working at MoMA was partnering with the education department of Lincoln Center. And they needed teaching artists. And so I I applied and I don't even remember what the application. I think I probably called her and she was like, sure, we could use you. So I was yeah. like, this is a, to me, that was enough. It was totally freelance. It was, I got, you know, filled out timesheets and got, you know, a few hundred dollars a month or a few hundred dollars a week for going into schools and bringing kids into uh, museums. But it was, number one, it was kind of awesome because I was, that was my first teaching experience. Uh, outside of like coaching tennis in high school, uh, number two, it was awesome because I taught at the Bronx Museum, at the Brooklyn Museum, at the Whitney, at MoMA, you had to spend at the Met. Museums. I got to go to museums, which was great.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: and and then that and that this was '99, which was also before the bubble bursting of the first dot com bubble. Uh, so there was a, just work everywhere. Like oh, and I I had spent the time when I was at this the illustration job doing every possible thing I could on the computer. So that's that was my initial. That's where you
1: started really banging yeah, so on the
0: computer. Photoshop and Illustrator, we didn't even use Quark because uh, we did not We did all our layouts because it would be like hang tags and card backing cards and things like that. Um, but I tried to do as much illustration as I could digitally. Uh, and as a result, I knew how to like layout type. And then, and then by this time I was living with, uh, or a few months later I was living with another, or I had, a no, not living with him yet. But this other buddy of mine had graduated from the same school in 98 and was working at design company called Siegel and Gale, uh, in rock center. And, uh, so anytime I had a design question, I, I knew his number, his work number by heart and be like, how do you do this in Photoshop? Yeah. And then he would also help me with my, you were ker- that guy, my kerning and my letting and everything. And yeah. Um, yeah, I was that guy. <laughs> uh, we're still friends. So clearly I didn't, you know, annoy him that much. Uh, but I'm sure I annoy him a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so that that's a guy Dan Walsh who is now the UX lead for YouTube. He was doing all of Google's of mobile stuff, and now he's Google owns YouTube, so he's doing something UX UI at at YouTube. Interesting, big important stuff. Like we know cool people.
1: Yeah,
0: jeez. <laughs> um. Yeah. So so then I w- I would just you know there were so many dot coms and everybody needed everybody needed somebody who could do some design. So I just. You
1: started doing freelance
0: stuff. Yeah. I just started doing freelance. So I would do free, I was doing freelance and I was doing, uh, the do teaching You find it
1: hard going from more, uh, uh, artsy art to more, uh, commercial, commercial art. commercial art. Yeah. I guess, the, uh, I,
0: I think I just thought of them as separate things. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't, you know, the, the idea of like, are, are you broaching the topic of being a sellout or what? No, <laughs> no, no, no. I, I just, I, you know,
1: if, 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 your thoughts from an illustration painting point of view are I could just, I have a blank canvas. I can do anything where in design it might be, we want something that feels like this. And you kind of look at that and you go, okay, yeah, I, I, I can pull out the elements of that that make that what you like. I mean, I I, I think,
0: I think as an artist yourself, I think you can, you understand the idea that it's never really a blank canvas. There's always a body of work that you're working on and there has to be you have to build up to that you have to come up with whatever your visual language is you have to yeah you know you you But at least
1: most of those decisions are yours and somebody else isn't approving it
0: right but that's it's so much easier when somebody else is approving it or giving you the you know
1: i think that your 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 gamut is smaller too mm-hmm. you know what i mean your creative gamut is smaller yeah you know yeah. you're living within a certain world if you're making a right thing for an architectural but company or you somewhere. know
0: that's an interesting point I, this is something i need to talk about with my my students more is there's a, there's a huge learning curve on that. Yeah. The, the difference between like assignment driven work in school versus work you do at a job. Like you have to learn what the actual, you know, the, the there's, there's the scope of the job, but then there are the parameters of what of the industry, I guess, or yep. the, the sort of the genre or yeah. the niche or however you want to, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And I
1: think there are people who,
0: a nuance who innately
1: a understand that sort of thing in the same way that there are people who can read other people and are good in social situations right. and people who can't, I think it's a similar kind of thing. Taste. Yeah. It's, it's related, related to can, taste. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it is. Yeah.
0: yeah. But I, yeah, it's, I think it's, I, I've been, I would, again, for my students, I listened to that, uh, Ira Glass, the gap, mm-hmm. you know, where he talks about the gap yeah, in taste. Yeah.
1: Where, 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 where you think where you understand what you want and you can't get there. And, right. Yeah.
0: But then also knowing what works yeah. as well, there's what you want and then there's what's actually viable. And Do you
1: ever rebel against what's viable? Yeah. Because, <laughs> well, screw it. That's what everyone else is doing. So I'm not going to do that thing. Yeah. Even if it's, that's what, you know, for a long time, uh friend of the show who I needs to, my friend, uh, Craig Ward, who is, sure. you know, Craig Ward. Yeah. Um, you know, for a long time, a few years ago when hand lettering was all the rage and he's not a hand letterer. Right. He's kind of the opposite of a hand letterer. And
0: he's a programmatic
1: letterer. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. And, and, you know, it's, it's not a, this is not a a artistic judgment call, but I think part of him was just like, Oh, this hand lettering thing. Right. Right. He, he, he's just like, even that that's what people want. I'm not going to do that thing. That is all the rage right now. Yeah. I I have those.
0: I I definitely have those impulses but I, I also have learned over the years, I think, to trust – to rather than trying to pander or figure out what's hot or yeah. be on trend, which when I was working yeah. at the accessories company, I had to know what was on – we, we literally had trend boards and lectures and I would yeah. – you know, we would go on shopping But you're
1: always chasing the wave at that point.
0: Right. As opposed to being the avant-garde.
1: You're riding the which, wave or in front of the wave.
0: Right, right. Yeah. The yeah, the forward guard, right? Like, like yeah. I think I've learned – and I'm still learning and trying to learn to trust, trust myself, yeah. to trust that I'm absorbing what's the, whatever the wave is, whatever the zeitgeist is. I'm yeah. Which I'm, gets I'm harder ab- as you get older. Yeah, for sure. But that's another benefit of teaching is, you know.
1: You see what the kids are talking yeah. about and doing.
0: Yeah. And even having little kids here in the house and seeing, you know, the, the shit that they're consuming and what yeah. they're interested in, you know, musically, visually, whatever. I feel yeah. like I'm more in touch than I was 10 years ago. Yeah. Because 10 years ago I was at Spin Magazine, which you know, is a cultural thing of its own, but, you know, certainly safe and isolated in in a lot of ways too.
1: Well, so wait, how did you fall into retouching that?
0: Oh, oh, well, uh, yeah, we're probably done with whatever we are (laughs) talking about. No, it's like there was another thought.
1: Uh, You're doing lots of, uh, uh, independent work, uh, contract work.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, not that. So that led to, um, a guy I played ultimate Frisbee with, um,
1: See kids it's all about networking yeah I mean, it think is. about look, it really at, is. look at the things you're talking about oh the other guy at the restaurant saw these people said I'm the guy for the job oh uh, this person knows this woman who works at the at, at this uh, museum I'm gonna go get the job right so much of all this stuff is just who you know and networking.
0: Up until, And, and not, yeah. not
1: that like annoying, I've got to know everybody and I'm going to go schmooze them and if you're useful, I'll stay with you. If you're not, I'm going to walk away. Right. Kind of networking.
0: No, 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 not the. But
1: like this kind of podcast kind right. of networking. I not feel the like.
0: transactional networking. Yes. That was, I was, yeah, I was. Non-transactional I networking. Non-transactional <laughs> Uh So I, I. NTN. I think most of my jobs, whether it would be freelance or otherwise, except for spin Uh, there was a post on monster.com in 2000, early 2007 or 2006, sorry, 2006. And like four different people sent it to me at the same time because I was at this retouching job that I did not like, had a boss who was, uh, an interesting fellow, um, very, very much just a control freak. And, and I was, you know, I knew I was, I was looking for jobs and I was trying to get out. And so four different people sent me this link to the spin job. I sent my stuff in and I went in for the interview uh, and got the job. And then the, the teaching job, I also, I found it in that obscure little chat room, uh, and applied cold. So those are the, the only two jobs maybe I, that I can remember that I got that were cold. Yeah. So the reason Neither of which
1: you were looking specifically for them. Right. People sent them to you or you bumped into them.
0: Right. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. And that's, I think, you know, that's other people would call that luck. Right.
1: Yeah. Sure. But, and it is,
0: it's luck, but it's also, to be lucky, you have to recognize and take advantage of opportunities that are sure presented to you. Um, so, so the retouching was this guy that I played Frisbee with worked at this place called DPI studios, uh, which was down in Tribeca way West village, sort of that, you know, Antarctica zone. Yeah. Um,
1: West canal kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We car, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, where the old, the old, the original real world houses. Is, is um, that where that is? Yeah. 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 I don't know. So, This guy, Sean, worked at DPI. He was, like, the receptionist office manager. And he was very good friends with the head retoucher at DPI. The head retoucher, on, like, a Thursday night, the owner of DPI sat him down and said, you have to sign a non-compete.
1: Because he was doing work on the side?
0: No, no, just because this guy got paranoid or whatever it was. Uh, So... But the
1: non can't work while I'm working here or even if I leave I have to like not work for competition. Yeah, that. That's illegal.
0: Like you can't like do not take clients and whatever.
1: Oh, that's insane.
0: Probably yeah, he's paranoid. So what my what this guy Joe did is he that night he burned everything that wasn't burned onto DVDs, onto DVDs, took all the DVDs of all the client work and walked out of the office and never walked back in. Rented his own space, took a loan, from his dad to buy a Fuji printer
1: yeah.
0: rented some office space that was in, it was like desk space in an office. Uh, I think it was like a couple of accountants or something. So he was in that space when I met him and he took like four or five of the, of the big clients and immediately started his they own. Didn't like
1: re- the big guy either
0: they like Joe. They like they. he was the guy that they depended on. He didn't, yeah. they, it was a photo studio and digital services and yeah. you know, they didn't care. They were.
1: A, so this is retouching for ads, that kind of thing.
0: Retouching editorial ads, beauty, okay. fashion, everything. Um, and, and what so, were
1: rates like back then.
0: So Joe hired me. I don't remember what he was charging per image. Joe hired me. Uh, and it's this per
1: image, not per hour for work for say a magazine or something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You're going to, I mean, Honestly, it depends. It's an interesting thing client. though, because like,
1: you and I both know, I mean, we both retouch a lot Yeah. that something might take you an hour and something might take you three hours or four hours or five hours.
0: Right. Which is why I always try to just charge per image and not hourly because sometimes things take 15 minutes. Yeah, that's know? true. So maybe it, in
1: the long run, yeah, this one took I two hours, but that one took 10 minutes. So that's kind
0: of been my, I would much rather charge per hour yeah. or charge, 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 charge flat per rate, per rate yeah. Yeah, flat rate per image. Um, so in turn, I don't, I never knew what, I wasn't privy to his billing, but I, he paid me $50 an hour, okay. uh, which was a pretty good rate. This is like probably late 99, right. uh, maybe mid 99 even. And I was, and you just
1: had your skills from figuring out how to use Photoshop by calling your, well, phone. that
0: was, that was the funny thing. He, so he, he had just rent, he was in this sort of interim space while he was getting his feet on the ground Had he rented a space. He was on like 20th street between fifth and sixth and he had rented a space on, 14th right when he hired me or he hired me because he rented the space so i was like his guy friday i ran i ran his cat5 cable i capped all the cables for for his intranet for his for his ethernet uh i set up his phones with cisco i turned on the gas i dealt with the garbage men. i you know like i did it was like you got it up and running it was yeah it was like a miyagi thing right i built all his ikea furniture (laughs) um so that was task one but he was paying me 50 bucks an hour to do that even and then uh, he had an Aztec. I can't remember the model number drum scanner. So then he taught me how to drum scan. So oil mount drum scans. Um, we would cut Okay. The, so so for yeah. for
1: kids out there who, <laughs> oh, right, this yeah. is before their time. You take a negative and you put or a positive, or a positive, right? Okay. Right. So you take a transparency, right? There you go. And uh, you oil the drum, or you oil the 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 the. the plastic both
0: you set up we had mylar uh, i assume it was mylar there were plastic sheets and there was special tape and you would lay the lay the the negative lay the transparencies on the sheet and then uh put that on we tape the bottom i mean it's it's muscle memory i could probably do it you know my like putting a gun back and forth like a marine would do like i could do it in my in my sleep now uh, you get as much dust off then, the thing yeah, before you, you put it you, down in the yeah. First you place. blow all Gas the dust it, off. Yeah. You brush it if you need to, uh, and then uh, you you would make a seal at the bottom and put the oil in there. Yeah. And then as you rolled it up, yeah. you're you're pushing the oil, so it's the idea
1: it of this is that if you have the oil in there, you 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 get rid of any air gaps and also covers up, uh, the, any scratches and, 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 and dust and stuff that is left in there theoretically. In theory. Yeah.
0: yeah. And then, you know, you try to smooth out any bubbles yeah. cause invariably they're going to, this be goes bubbles. on a drum, the
1: drum spins and there's like a scanner element that is slowly goes across. How long do right. it take to do these things? Uh,
0: we would scan, I, I believe a standard, um, like what was the, what's like an old, what's a, film, standard film, three and like a quarter, one twenty
1: yeah uh, two and a quarter,
0: two and a quarter. Yeah. So yeah. two and a quarter film, we would scan at 2000 DPI.
1: Okay. Which actually is not all that high res, it's, but it was high enough res cause oh, it, was, it, was, it, it was good enough for print for them. It we was 4,500 pixels or whatever right. it is. But if somebody gave you a 4,000 by 4,000 pixel thing, now you'd go, oh, this is a 16 megapixel image. This is nothing.
0: <laughs> right. Right. But if you think about processing power and everything <laughs> yeah. else, yeah. it just had to be good enough for print. Right. Yeah. You know, so it had yeah. to, it had to you know, it had to be like maybe like 11 by 17 or
1: whatever. Yeah, sure, sure. sure yeah, yeah. Uh, and we
0: would, yeah. So he, you know, first he t- it was, it was very uh, scaffolded, very Miyagi like. He was, you know, first, first I built his furniture and ran his cables. Then I learned how to drum scan. Then he taught me how to dust and scratch and de you know, retouch those things. Yeah. And this is way before healing. This is Photoshop 5.
1: Yeah, you had stamp at best.
0: There was the rubber stamp. Uh, yeah. And he had a, I learned so much from this guy. Um, he had,
1: where did he get his skills from working, working for the other DP, guy?
0: Yeah. Working at DPI. And I don't know who he worked under there, who, but I think he, he was a lot of, he was mostly Well, Because you can
1: go to school for retouching in, I mean, I'm sure in, there are can places. Well, you can't, <laughs> Probably, Meredith yeah. did. So somebody, you know, there are, there mm. are places you can take classes, right? Right. Right. That's who introduced us. By the way. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I do believe that at a retouching show, yeah. Well, the, the the biggest people who are the best retouchers I know are either self-taught mm-hmm. or taught by apprenticeship. Right. Right. Because even now, Gabby, who I'm going to have on the show, who used to work at Box,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, like I call you sometimes, sometimes I'll call her. And I showed her something recently, a couple, a few months back. And I was like, I can't get this fabric to look the way I want it to look. It was like this pink fabric. Mm-hmm. And she's and I said, you know, I'm try, I I can tr- I can try to add contrast with curves, and it just the the color blocks up, and like I don't know why, you know, I can't figure out. She goes, oh, well, what you got to do is actually recolor it with a saturation layer, and then you can do it. and then do and a color worked, overlay
0: right? or something, and it worked. <laughs> yeah,
1: and it's just like that's not the kind of thing you'd ever find in a book necessarily. Right. It's the kind of thing somebody showed her when she had a similar situation fifteen years ago.
0: Yeah, right. And it's, it's, uh, yeah, you got a bag of tools, yep. you know?
1: And uh, you know, here, quick question. Yeah. What's your preferred dodge and burn way of doing things?
0: So uh, my preferred dodge and burn is from Joe.
1: He's like dodging and burning. That's what I do.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Have I ever met, introduced you to him? No. Cause
0: he, he lives on 15th street over here. Oh, is he a nice but guy? He's, yeah. Super nice. He's amazing. He's yeah. Has the biggest heart. He, he grew up in long Island, but he's Joe Girardi, he's got, he talks yeah, like that. Yeah, okay. not, anyway, not so, the Yankees manager. So, so, what, uh, he, so what's your? He's what's got your a preferred? Very thick, uh, So I learned from him. Uh, use a soft light layer, like an empty soft light layer. Yeah. Not, not a uh, filled with fifty with percent black gray. and white on it. No, yeah, and then I do black and white at between one percent and five percent at the yeah. max. Yeah, 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 and just I'm just constantly toggling back and forth yeah. between between black and white. It's interesting.
1: It. I've been doing a medium gray overlay with. Dodge and burn at three percent on that because you can do option to jump between dodge and burn. Oh, just by the by holding yeah. it down. You're holding right. it down, it's getting darker. You let it right. go, it's getting lighter.
0: Yeah, I mean Carlos I just, likes that. I just tap the X key. Uh right. but yeah, it's it's there are all these methods are essentially the same.
1: Yeah. Um, Sorry, nerdy, nerdy no, no, retouching I, I, talk.
0: You know me. Like I, you like you're saying about Gabby, you call me sometimes, you're like, I got this thing, and yeah. I was wondering and uh I usually have not much hesitation on like, here's what you need to do. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: There's answers, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Cause it's um, just, I've at this point, not that I've seen everything, but I've pretty much seen yeah. everything that's going to happen in a photo.
1: And anything. And there aren't that, I mean, there are certain things that are really difficult to deal with mm-hmm. where say having the illustration skills that you have, would be useful. Right. You know, retouching hair and stuff like that. Like the people who are really good at that. I'm not really good at retouching hair. There are people who can recreate and add hair in such a way that yeah. you don't even notice it.
0: Yeah. I can you do know. that.
1: Yeah. See, I'm not good at that. Yeah.
0: But I worked at one of my jobs. I worked on Redken and Garnier and, you know, right. and uh, right. frizzy's and you know, all that stuff. So with Carlos. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. 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 So, yeah.
0: I mean, Carlos is, I, I can do it. Carlos is probably like a, ton better than i am at it oh
1: know? yeah just because
0: yeah. he worked there for i was there for a year maybe and he was there for like eight years or nine yeah, years. yeah 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 and then went on to work at publicist after that and you know i
1: mean he's right so so when yeah. you're there and you do, do the drum scanning all of it, mm-hmm. and then is there the one day i was like all right eli sit down and pick up the pick up the pen
0: yep uh yeah so then it was do dust and scratch you know dust scratches and bubbles bubbles being the more difficult thing.
1: To get it to the point now we end up getting a raw file in digital. Right. All of that is just to get to the place we start in digital. Just to get to the baseline, right? Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, and at that point there was some digital, but digital wasn't even close to film. Yeah. And even, you know, even in like 2010, there was 2006, digital was still like inching towards towards digit towards uh film did you did you uh, yeah.
1: find that you because i feel like retouchers like illustration everybody else have a way of doing things if you, if you gave me you me gabby carlos all the same image yeah we would get four different images out on the other end
0: yeah there's um
1: did that come easily to you did you know did your i mean you have a fairly neutral style but like Yeah. I mean, you know, when I look at your retouching, I don't automatically, it's like extremely well done, Mm -hmm. but I don't see it as, oh, he changed that thing fundamentally. You know what I mean?
0: I guess. Yeah. I mean, I, my attitude as a retoucher is that like, I should be invisible.
1: Yeah. Do no harm. Yeah. This is
0: the photographer's thing. If I'm, if I'm adding to it or then like, unless they ask me to. Which is interesting because,
1: you know, you look at Andy's work that Pascal does and it looks nothing like the original thing. And I don't know how much is and he's saying i want to look like that or how much it is pascal's like "Eh, just give me a few hours yeah let me me make something out of it you know so there are people in the industry who are working at that right on a more creative level
0: yeah but i I mean it also yeah if you looked in my files and looked at the before and afters i think you'd see there's there's a lot of there's a lot that happens there's a lot of work but yeah sure But
1: I, I, yeah, I'm not denying that there's a lot of work. in it. I'm just saying when it's done, it doesn't look like it's been retouched. I guess that's the point. Exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I
0: mean, and that was, that was, I got, that was definitely Joe and still is, I'm sure Joe's philosophy Uh, and not, I mean, we worked on David LaChapelle and stuff like that, but the philosophy was basically, it should be porrific, meaning like you should see every pore on the skin when you're done. Yeah, That was, that was, we used to joke about that in the office. It was, everything should be porific. Everything, you know, the idea is that humans should look like humans unless you don't want them to look like humans. Right. And if they don't look like humans, that's
1: your fault. Yeah. And I'm sure (laughs) that there's a lot of, in, in all your work there and also at the magazine Mm -hmm. where you're getting stuff from, well, first of all, at the magazine did most of the, did a lot of the photographers have, I'm going to have my own retoucher go through this and then it gets passed to you. And before it gets on the cover, you do bass at it. Or is it sometimes we're getting the original files and I'm doing all the retouching?
0: It would depend on the photographer. Could go either so way. like Hedy Slimane uses Box. So yep. when he did uh, Pete Doggerty for the cover, uh, for the, for a cover story one time, um, we got, you know, we got billed by Box, which I remember seeing the invoice. It was unbelievable. I think it was 8,000 an image. <sighs> <laughs> And it and, probably
1: was one of his underlings doing a lot of the work. No,
0: yeah, it's not. Past. Pascal yeah. didn't touch any. Yeah, his, I mean, maybe he, a few. I guess Gabby could speak more to that. But it, yeah. it's yeah. I mean, that was crazy. Uh, but it was also I had I had worked in advertising. I'd done fashion. I'd done all this other stuff. Working at Spin was was such a great break because I was really just doing people, yeah. doing like celebrities and 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 uh, personalities. But it was it was more about making. The images beautiful, rather than distorting reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where advertising and fashion and stuff are so much about distorting reality.
1: Did the stuff that came in was it a very wide gamut from where your starting point was
0: at Spin or at, at Spin? The, at Spin, yeah. So the Michelle Giziana was the the photo director while I was there. There were a few people at the beginning, but she was there for most of my time there, um, and she was really big uh, big into still getting people who shot film. Uh flash on camera style. So like Terry Richardson and uh, a lot of those kind of folks. Um,
1: she liked that look.
0: She liked that look. That was, that was a lot of the aesthetic while she was there was that kind of style. Um,
1: yeah. It's interesting as somebody, as a photographer who prefers for my stuff to look like a painting mm-hmm. and lit in a way <laughs> that actually has some contour to it. Right. The on camera flash thing. I lived through that phase right or the it's gray outside and we're going to shoot somebody sad in their backyard with flat lighting looking sad and pathetic yeah and it's about them looking sad and pathetic that whole aesthetic is, is anathema to everything that I'm trying to do right it's 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 interesting how all this stuff goes in cycles it does you know
0: it does uh yeah I mean it, it it's interesting like the opposite not the opposite yeah they kind of the opposite end of the spectrum um, Terry Richardson stuff, you know, and say what you will about that guy. Like he's kind of a walking piece of garbage, right? Like, yeah. uh, he just, he just delivered, we would get a box full of prints and he, we never sent anything to him. He never, he didn't care what happened to the images. Yeah. He and took you the images. And would scan the prints and then start would, from there? I would scan the prints. And and, that's where you would start. I would start, yeah. So he had done whatever he needed to do in the dark room yeah. or his, who has developed, he probably had a guy or a gal.
1: He gets stuff out of people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The Amy Winehouse story that he shot was amazing.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. With the chicken. I don't know if you've seen that one. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, that's all the images that are floating around the web of, from that, from that story are ones that I retouched. Okay. It's kind of neat.
1: I'm going to have to go look some of this. (laughs) So did you enjoy doing all this, like working at the place and then working at the magazine? I mean, was it, did you ever go into work and just think, Oh God, I got to retouch another set of pores on some person's face?
0: There was so it wasn't quite a flash epiphany like the the initial one with my initial job. When you were smoking? When it's because you yeah. stopped
1: smoking. Yeah, right. Had
0: you been smoking? I miss those. Yeah, had I been smoking <laughs> still? Uh, no, I, I I definitely. I mean, I just I knew I didn't want to be a retoucher for the rest of my life. I knew I was like, okay, I'm. Let's say I was like 34 or whatever at yeah. what am I, I'm 44 now, so no, I was probably like 30, and do you know asking myself like where what's what's the ceiling on this yeah. you know like there's there's sort of two ways to go one i go independent and have to hustle St- for the rest start of my own life house. start my own house and hustle for the rest of my life to keep stay contemporary and not become long in the tooth and yep. forgotten because you see it with photographers you know like i sure. watched it happen over the course of 10 years retouched you know that those first 10 years retouching this watching. person
1: was in the pocket and 10 years later, it feels stale.
0: Yeah. There were guys that I worked with when I, or not even that they're stale, but nobody calls them anymore. Even if they're doing the same great quality work they were doing when I first started working with them, they're just yeah. not getting jobs. You know, they got older, they got kids, they got tired, they can't hustle the way they're not going out every night schmoozing with the young art directors who are now doing all the assign and photo directors who are doing all the assigning. And I'm thinking to myself like, all right, <clears throat> excuse me. there's, there's a, uh, there's a, there's a, there's a shelf life here mm-hmm. and, and what, what am I going to do about it? Like, I'm you know, get married, want to have kids. Uh, am I going to be 50 and working till two or three in the morning right. on some advertising job for somebody else getting an hourly or, or maybe a salary or, you know, or do I go off on my own and just freelance as a yeah. retoucher or do I Go into management, which is kind of the other logical direction, sure. and, and which I had at every turn of my career, I've fought, I've turned away. Where it's like you're about to become like that first job. You're going to become an art director in a couple of years. But you
1: like doing the work, exactly.
0: I always want. I want to. Yeah, I want to be working with my hands. I don't yeah. want to be pushing paper around yeah. on a table. Yeah, like I know people sitting who, in meetings. Yeah, I mean, like if you're a creative director, you're signing off on things, but you're not designing anything. Yeah, and not that, that's an overgeneralized thing, Just you half making a half million
1: dollars a year. So, right.
0: And you're, all the stress <laughs> is on you, you know? Yeah. So you got to get those people. Yeah. You per- suddenly
1: lose the Pepsi campaign for $30 million and it's all on you and you get fired.
0: Right. And you got to squeeze water from a stone. Um, yeah. so at every turn of my career, I've always turned away from upper middle management and towards continuing to make things.
1: Yeah.
0: So I was having all those thoughts of like, well, what am I going to do? You know, like I, I don't want to, you know, again, like 50 seemed so far away back then, but also seemed like that was like the like when I'm 50, do I want to be working at two in the morning on some right. deadline that's due at nine in the morning? And I just couldn't imagine it. And when I got laid off, and then I got laid off in 2009. So 10 years ago uh, on July 1st. And Did they get rid
1: of their whole staff?
0: They basically laid off everyone, but the di- sort of director level. Yeah. Uh, so it wasn't a problem maybe with not the, the work you team. were
1: doing. It's the fact that the magazine was just slimming and they, and
0: well, they got bought by buzz. Okay. Yeah. Right. Buzz media who are in the news this week for, for layoffs 10 oh, years yeah. later. Yeah. They laid off a thousand people. Okay. Something like that last week. Yeah. I you see? That. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, But it was interesting to see all that news and, and making the rounds and people freaking out and, seeing it from the perspective of the ridiculously luxurious job security that I have. And I was like, oh, I'm in a good place. I'm in a really good place. I'm very, this is, I'm super lucky to have the job I have. Uh, So, so yeah, like I said, I got laid off and I immediately went in. Actually, so (laughs) this is, this is where I was like, oh, well, here's where I'll go with this. Cause I was still drawing, but. Not in any concert i w- there was no body of work there was there were little drawings i was i remember I was doing these like I was trying to maybe do like a body of work i was I was doing these clouds and explosions, I was doing drawings of clouds and explosions, but drawing them in the same way, yeah, you know in the same so you couldn't if you looked at it you didn 't know what you know very very art schooly kind of a project
1: yeah. do you have the four paragraphs you wrote before you started
0: <laughs> in my head <laughs> <laughs> um so i i was taking an after effects class, a night class at SVA with my boss and my coworker, uh, the two, the two Joes, Joe Girardi, Joe Lucchese, we were, we were taking this after effects class and I think it started in May. So we had four or five classes and I was like really starting to, I was like taking some of the images at spin and like, Oh, let's see if I can, you know, make a GIF like have this guy's arms move. And, you know, and I was starting to work with it. And then I got late and I was like, oh, I was like, oh, like this is motion graphics, like ma- making basically like cinemagraphs and things I was trying. Do you think was, this
1: was going to be possibly the next move? For
0: me? Yeah. 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 And because it was like Video's still different. hot,
1: Even the stills are dying.
0: Video still, yeah. I mean, GIFs and, and cinemagraphs and things like that are, yeah. But I got laid off and was just like, well, now all of my energy has to be put into paying the rent. And right. hustling again, and and uh, so uh, that like I basically have never opened After Effects since that class, yeah, because I was hustling. So Spin laid off most everybody, and then you know they were like, "Don't leave the neighborhood," uh because and then like so I went and I think I went me and one of the the, the assistant photo editor we went and got a couple of pictures at the Patriot down on Chamber Street and. Then I came back and talked to the creative director and he's like, so we're going to pay you this much an hour to basically do your same job with no benefits for two weeks a month.
1: Okay. Well, so, that's a good transition.
0: I mean, yeah, it was better than nothing. But And it was, you
1: have a very conservative approach to all this. So that was like, okay, this is a way to, right, to do that. Right. Yeah.
0: It bridged it bridged it, and I just immediately, you know, called in all the favors and emailed every single person and put my, you know, updated my portfolio yeah. and, and I knew it was coming. So I had already like grabbed all my files and, sure. you know, I knew I knew the actual axe was coming. I think I got laid off on the first whatever. If that was a Tuesday or a Monday, I knew on the Friday before. So I'd like bought a a five hundred gigabyte drive and copy everything. You know, cleaned my desk off into the into the the hard drive, just so because I, I didn't know I didn't know whether or not I was going to get hired back or what the you know. I had seen people escorted out at, at, you know, yeah. gunpoint basically.
1: And, 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 so. it's, it's, let's say the, the week you were going to leave, if somebody said, Hey, pull up the cover from January of 06, mm-hmm. was that all easily accessible or was I,
0: it, I created a, uh, yeah, I, I actually created a whole archive okay. there and then, and like a file, like a database. Thing. These were
1: images outside of the Quark or InDesign layouts that they were doing for the magazine.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh, but even within, cause I was doing the, a lot of the post production as well. Yeah. So, uh, maintaining that archive was also uh, just because I was organized, you know, how like you sort of, yeah, the, if you're competent at things, people will just keep giving you responsibilities. Yeah. So I was good at organizing things and I, you know, all the naming conventions, all the file names and stuff like that just was just, you know, I organized it. Cause I hated not ever being able to find yeah, something I yeah. needed. So yeah. So
1: are you one of those people by the way, who puts the date in the file name or doesn't put the date in the file name? Cause it's already in the metadata. Uh,
0: I don't put the date in the file name. Um, but I do put the date in the folder. Oh, okay. In the file folder. Sometimes. I guess it depends. Yeah. Actually, no, for my teaching stuff, I put the dates in the folders because it's, I think it's by semester
1: because it's by semester. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's For a, it's freelance stuff,
0: I do, I have every like January Client 1st. job
1: inside that or something?
0: I have a live. Oh,
1: you break it by year.
0: I have a live jobs folder. And then within my live fo- jobs folder, I have, yeah, years. Uh, and then.
1: So you have to remember what, oh, that was in 2014 that I did that in order to go find it.
0: Yeah, but usually I know. And if I don't, I can always check through my invoices and stuff. Yeah.
1: All right. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, it's. Uh, yeah, I, I, being organized is a really important thing.
1: So when um, you jumped over and, and got the job, cause you started working at the, at the, at the school.
0: Yeah. So, so that. I freelanced, like I said, I, so I, that was July 1st. I was at the worst interview of my entire life. I was at the, I, I the daily news. Oh boy. I was interviewing at the daily news. I was testing at the daily news. I had already had an interview and they like gave me a tour of the press floor and everything. And. Uh, they were like going to So they had just bought two, he, two new Heidelbergs, like nine color Heidelbergs. Uh, that's offset. Oh, yeah. Those are offset presses for those that don't know. You
1: could almost smell the weight. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You could smell the ink. That's for sure. Um, and they needed, you know, you can't retouch in the news, but they yeah. needed somebody to do retouching, uh, I guess, just to color correct and and do that kind of, you know, if there was dust and that kind of thing to do that kind of work and so i did i got i met the person in you speed know, retouching probably i mean so we we did you do
1: a bad job during the uh
0: well this is this is this is the the it's funny to tell it now because it all worked out um but it was one of those like a similar like what am I doing here what am I doing with my life so i you know i've i've fallen so far. I was in charge of all the retouching (laughs) for spin
1: magazine. And here I am doing dust. I was at the daily
0: news and I got the tour of the plant and the woman was really nice. And then she's like, all right, you're going to test in here. And it was a cube office with fluorescent lighting, a PC with a mouse. Uh, and there was there was a file folder with these five just god-awful pictures, yeah. and they were like
1: – On floppy disks.
0: <laughs> yeah, prob- <laughs> probably. Yeah. But the and hand, all you could think was – With a oh, hand
1: crank. God, there's no possible way I'm doing well, this. Well, and it was
0: and, – and there was no instruction either. There wasn't like you need to do this to this one. There was yeah. no – it was just these yeah. files, and like I guess optimize them. Like I don't even remember it, what the instruction were. Yeah, what exactly was.
1: do you want me to do with them? Yeah.
0: <laughs> and she just walked out. You're supposed to retouch. And while I was doing this quote-unquote test in – the most horrible, you know, from, you know, from where I had come with, you know, beautiful Wacom tablets and light controlled rooms. I got a phone call from the secretary of the department, which was at that time, the advertising design and graphic arts really rolls off the tongue department uh, saying, hello, this is, uh, you know, her name. Are you available to come in and meet with the department chair next week? I'll go, what? Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. I'll be there. (laughs) Yeah. And I immediately. Where and when do you want me? Yeah. So I immediately stopped caring about that. And not that I knew I was going to get the job, but it was just like whatever shred of 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 focus I had was just completely shattered. Did you walk out or did you finish it? I walked out. Interesting. I think I were like, I opened. That was and, like
1: in the movies, man.
0: <laughs> I, I opened and closed each of the files and may or may not have done anything. I think I did something to each of them, but not, not nice. nothing I, that would have I gotten I, me I think callback. I got a
1: better job. Thanks. <laughs>
0: So yeah, something else came along. I got to go see about a girl. Um So yeah, so I went to the and, and again with the suit. Uh you know, it the way the 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 secretary um phrased it was uh are you available to meet with the department chair? Sounds very informal. I prepped nothing to, I prepped in academia two, is
1: informal no you should and, know that now
0: well and my dad was a professor too so yeah. i i i wore a suit i prepped two you think portfolios that was part of the,
1: the, the 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 not desire but sort of the oh i guess if i want something that's solid that still is in my industry that is going to be here for a while i'm going to go become a professor my dad did the same thing like is that is is was that part of your thinking
0: with the suit you mean or no
1: just oh. a, a job in academia
0: oh uh well i mean I, everybody that goes to gr- not everybody but most people that go to grad school for the arts are like i'm doing this so i can teach right where i did it and i was like no way do i want anything to yeah. do with
1: i just want to be this- able to take more art classes <laughs>
0: right yeah. and you know and i still was like had that outside shot of like maybe the mfa maybe with this i'll develop the work and the contacts to have a yeah. gallery career yeah. uh, these galleries
1: are totally gonna give me a thing because i got a piece of Well,
0: but it's, it's getting back to before it's about networking, you know, the
1: kind of people who show up who your professors know and, and
0: and peers as well. And, you know, and you meet gallerists through, you know, I met a lot of people in the LA scene when I was out there. Um, but I just, yeah, I mean, I just was, I was thinking like, all right, this is, this could be good. And also I had, I wanted, I I had applied before I lost my job, but like academia is a great, it's a great gig, the flexibility, it's a great lifestyle. The pay might not be as, you know, it's like, it's better than nonprofit, but it's not yeah. as good as industry, but yeah. it's way more, way more reliable than either of those, yeah. you know?
1: Well, so when you walked into this meeting, was it not?
0: It was five people sitting at a table in a chair in the middle of the room. And oh, I, you're I Robbie Dangerfield
1: the sh- <laughs> at the end of back to school. <laughs> exactly. And I that, have a question in <laughs> six parts. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: And that's what it was. Each of them had a question and then there were sort of general back and forth. Um, and I... But I, I wore my suit and I prepared two portfolios. My, I had my retouching portfolio and then I had my sort of everything else, my logos and design and And illustration and
1: to teach illustration, illustrator and Photoshop. What are they They were looking
0: for somebody specifically for the graphic art. So it was advertising design and graphic arts was the program. It was two programs that had been mooshed together when they went from a two year to a four year school. So city tech was a community college. It was, it was I'll New York so City long. Technical Community College up until sometime in the eighties or early nineties, okay. and then the two they went to four year. I think it changed to City Tech in the, at that time, and then went to a four year bachelor's program in the early nineties. Yeah, uh,
1: we should say now, as of this year, uh, accredited.
0: Right, we are accredited by NASA, National Association of Schools of Art and Design.
1: Congratulations! How much did you have to do with that? A
0: uh, decent amount. I mean, it's there's uh, one of my You're colleagues to say
1: couldn't have done it without me. I mean.
0: Somebody else would have done the work, but I I did, <laughs> okay. I contributed, you know, I don't want to take yeah. credit. Robin, my colleague, Robin Michaels, uh, did the lion's share. Like we all contributed, but she, she drove that. Yeah. She drove it and getting a BFA was a part of that. So now we offer, we're no longer offering a bachelor of technology, right? which nobody in our industry has ever heard of, but a BFA everybody has. So right. we are accredited. We offer a PFA, and we're, we changed from ADGA to communication design, which I think is also pretty awesome for our students and we have a new space which right. is a also great. a whole new building all, all right but when you
1: walked in, yeah. in it was a very different place eight years ago yeah
0: yeah it was almost 10 years ago
1: now. almost 10 years ago yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's true yeah uh did, did did it feel was it a was it a speed you know an acceleration shock in one direction or another where it was like oh wow academia this is very different than working in industry
0: yeah but it, i think the the this, the, it's the opposite of a speed shock. It's the slow shock that the, yeah, that's the rate I mean, of, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Going down yeah. into the, the breakdown lane. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the rate of change is glacial. Yeah. Like the rate of change. in. Academia. I mean, uh, you
1: know, I, I come to advisory board meetings for your program and even having those, having the conversations that are in the room, it's fascinating how even within the room, how differently we all, like the pace at which we all imagine things happening. Right. And, and the, the way that we see the direction that it's going, you know, is fascinating to me. Yeah. You know, uh,
0: my, my colleague, uh, well, so I got hired to do under, under the graphic arts, which graphic arts is basically printing and production. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the old, the old term for it. People still print. Yeah, but not much, which is why we've now put that to, we've laid that to rest. We no longer offer that degree. Um, And because there's no, there aren't print jobs in the city. I mean, there are print jobs, but they're not in, they're not in New York where like my grandfather was a print jobber in, in downtown Manhattan when, when my dad was a kid. Um, just doesn't, it doesn't happen anymore. Uh, but the, because I got hired, so I was teaching basic Photoshop and illustrator classes and I was teaching some print production for designers. So like what happens to your files when they leave the computer and I, and I've taught other stuff and now I was, I, from the very first year, I was like, I want to teach illustration. I want to teach you know, in every, every semester, right? any illustration classes. And finally, maybe like four years ago or five years ago, uh, I was offered an one illustration class. And now uh, I teach an illustration class every semester and I'm teaching a portfolio class and it's, it's awesome.
1: You, you like the illustration te- teaching yeah. illustration, teaching Photoshop or illustrator, teaching software, teaching sk- straight skills, you mm-hmm. know, objective skills it's like do you understand how to dodge and burn right. like in these different methods yes no Teaching doing an illustration course it's a judgment call right it's subjective to some extent
0: yeah to a, to a decent but that's i mean that's the the tricky thing about teaching art is it's not you know it's not
1: it's mad. inherently subjective it,
0: yeah. yeah yeah but it's also you know there are rubrics and there are ways of of building it into the assignment, like what, what are we placing value on? What are we, what are the criteria for this assignment? Yeah. You know, did you produce, did you, you know, it's kind of like the, like what I ask when I get a freelance job, you know, like how much, when does it do? Yeah. Uh, you know, and then quality. Yeah. But, but even because quality is subjective, then it's sort of like, is it effectively communicating what you're trying to communicate kind of a thing?
1: Well, so when you got there though, you're, you're, uh, what, what, what was your, what was your title? Uh, professor, assistant, assistant professor? Uh, assistant
0: professor is the, the entry. Okay. Yeah.
1: And you do that for five years or so. Then you start Seven. filling out a bunch. Of, okay. Then you start filling out a bunch of paperwork to basically say, no, I want to go tenure and go through that whole process. So tenure, uh, 10, the way
0: tenure works is separate from promotion. So at least oh, okay. at my school, it isn't, it depends on where you are. Uh, so the way it worked for me at, at, at my particular CUNY school was, Every year you get reviewed and there's a thing I have to do called a parse, which is the professional activity report and self-evaluation. Uh, and then every year you submit that and it's reviewed by uh, the, the department at the department level and then at the college level and then at the university level. And then you get a letter uh, that says you've been reappointed. Every year. Every year you get you've been reappointed for this year. Yeah. And at year seven. Was
1: there ever actual fear that they wouldn't you wouldn't get that letter?
0: No, because I always I always got there was one year where I got every year I got exemplary, there was one year that I got satisfactory or something like that. And the the rationale was given to me. You were that, sloughing off that year. No, it was like <laughs> one of these to my ear BS things like, Oh, we're doing this so you have room to improve next Ugh, year. I
1: hate that stuff.
0: Which is like
1: yeah. I'm doing a good job. I'm doing a good job. Don't <laughs> start playing these games with me.
0: But you you know, like I said, it's political. Yeah. Um, so, so then I got the seventh year, the letter said, you've been reappointed with tenure. And that meant I got tenure. And at the same time, uh, I, at, when you're at tenure, I also applied for promotion. And a lot of times you'll get both of those together. Rarely you'll get promoted and not get tenure. I had the other Interesting thing where I got tenure, but I didn't get promoted and I was, my own department held me back and then I got it the following year. Um, So now, yeah, so now I am uh, associate professor with tenure.
1: Okay, so here's my big question. Yeah, shoot. You've been there for 10 years, you're associate professor with tenure.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: In five years when they say, we want you to be co-chair of the department. And you, for your entire career, have been running away from a management position. (laughs) What do you do? Uh,
0: There was even a couple of years ago, um, there was a couple of the old guard who have both now retired, like, sort of took me aside and were like, we think we can get you tenure if you you go for department chair. Because there was, you know, everyone was sort of abdicating the throne. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, no I, one I, wanted
1: it or it was just sort of the, the way the timing worked out. A bunch of people happened to old timers left. All the yeah, time.
0: it was just, it was a, there was a, there was a void, you know, but it it's ironic
1: because the thing, it seems like the program is going in a really good direction oh man, right now. Better than it's ever like, been. Boom. Yeah. Like you guys are actually rocking and rolling. So in some ways it would be a good time to be the boss. Well, you get all the credit,
0: right? And I think there's there's the guy who stepped in this year. So there was someone who was chair for three consecutive, basically the entire time I was there, three consecutive three year terms, uh, Marianne Beal, and then she went on sabbatical for the last year. And my other colleague Maria Giuliani, uh, she was chair interim chair last year, and now this year we got this guy Doug Davis, who's awesome advertising guy. Um, that's his background, uh, but he is. Super focused and he is all about the brand, you know, like our department as a brand and taking all of the advertising strategies and applying them to the department and promoting the department and improving the department. And he is, he's like the right guy. Like we were last year before elections, we were like, God, who's going to do it? Like, who's going to step up? And he is like, he's so into it, which is great. Uh, At some point, am I going to have to do it? I mean, it's inevitable Is I, a round
1: Robin kind of thing where it's like, uh, at a certain point, you're going to be the senior guy who hasn't done it. And so you're going to be there. Yeah, para. probably. I mean, it's, will you run away from it or will you say, you know what? I'm 50 years old. I'm not <laughs> working until three in the morning.
0: Right. I think and then that's, it,
1: you're going to be 50 years old. You're going to have the chair. You're going to be the chair. And at three in the morning, you're going to be up doing some paperwork. And you're saying, <laughs> damn it. I'm still up at three in the morning.
0: <laughs> you're probably right. God damn it. Uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, I don't want to be on record as saying that no, I'm going to run away from it as much no, as I can. No, I'm just can, wondering, but, like,
1: do you, do you yeah. think about that?
0: I do. And I, I know it's, it's something that's going to, I know I'm going to, I'll, I'll take my turn at some point. Yeah. Most likely, uh, if I can avoid it. <laughs> yeah.
1: But there's I, also some interest in power of like, oh, what could I do if I, you there know, is, I don't have, it's like being president. My fo- Yeah, I guess my focus <laughs> isn't on that
0: yet. Like I want to yeah. make,
1: there's um, some people who are driven, they want to be administration. Right.
0: And for right now, the thing – me and my colleague Sarah Woolley have been really beefing up the illustration side of things. Yeah. Uh, she got hired – I met her at MochaFest a couple of years ago, and we had a line open. And I was like, wait, you teach? You have a master? It was, you know, like I was giving her the checklist that I yeah. checked way back, and I was like, you have to apply. And then I just hounded all the colleagues that were on the hiring committee and was just like, you got to hire this her. Is She's the, this
1: is the woman you want.
0: Yeah, and she she got hired, and it's been amazing having her as a colleague. Like, yeah. it's just – it, we, I've grown as an illustrator, as an educator and the depart, like the illustration has, you know, classes that weren't even meeting enrollment and had to be dropped from the program are now offering two full sections every semester. It's like, yeah. it's great. It's, it's, There's a lot of in- excitement and enthusiasm. Around sometimes
1: it, so. I wonder, yeah, how, how much of that, those kinds of successes are about sort of a, um, intrinsic, intangible enthusiasm of where the program is going. You know what I mean? That, 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 that the students can read that right at some level. And so by bringing in professors, younger professors, maybe, or better professors or whatever it is, you can revitalize something in a way that if you looked purely at an actuarial kind of table of a, of a hasn't program changed at all, it hasn't changed at all. Right. Yeah.
0: I think, I think, yeah, I think there's a lot of truth to that. I think that, you know, I think the fact that and the students I, appreciate
1: I people who are, Oh excited. wow. Eli can really draw and he's a professional who does this as opposed to
0: there's so, there's that but i think it's also that i walk into the classroom and i am fucking psyched like i can't believe i get to teach this i can't yeah. believe i get to look at all these guys these i call them kids i don't mean it disrespectfully i can't believe i get to look at all these kids drawings and like help them with it and we get to yeah. you know like you were talking about being in the those the meetings the the advisory commission meetings like that was one thing that was you know there was the the speed the breakdown lane aspect of going into academics but there was also the like we sit around sometimes and just talk about ideas. Yeah, like like not like just yeah. in the abstract almost. Yeah. And we get we're paid to do. That's and the our, initial thing that's is our in, charter. Yeah. And that's a like that's, that's such profit a great is not and the rare.
1: primary motivator.
0: No, no, making students' lives better is yeah, yeah, yeah is yeah. making their education better providing for that yeah. that's the motivation it's,
1: it's, it's both immense freedom and immense shackles depending on how like depending on the moment right? i mean
0: yeah. people you know it's, it's like a rent controlled apartment in new york you know yeah 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 people call it's it fantastic the, the golden, but i can't leave <laughs> the golden yeah. handcuffs the yeah. golden coffin yeah. however you want to refer to it yeah and it's at this point it is you know it's kind of like our our discussion at the the, the diner before about yeah. you know like things being shackles or or not like you know, one of the, uh, one of my colleagues, one of the old timers was talking about the, oh, it's the golden coffin and, I, and I'm like, not yet. It's not like this. Is yeah. Right now awesome. I'm still like, going. Yeah. And, and if at some have point a, 10 I,
1: years from now, you think eh, I'm kind of done with this teaching thing. Mm-hmm. There's other things you can do.
0: Right. But I've also stayed relevant and connected and active outside of school. Like my, yeah. my <clears> professional <throat> practice or, you know, like the cool thing is, you know, it's a research institution. And if I was in physics, I'd be doing lab work or whatever like my brother-in-law just, he's setting up a lab at university of Arkansas and it's like, you know, he's going to try to publish stuff in nature magazine and yeah. like doing that pure, you know, it's pure research, pure academia where yeah. my research means I'm going to Seattle in a month to go to Emerald city comic con and have a table there and like schmooze with
1: awesome, yeah. Like, yeah.
0: People, like people like Jamie, you know, it, like comic it, creators
1: it, in some ways. the Uh, what you were saying earlier about i I, say i made ten thousand dollars more this year i can say no to stuff Mm -hmm. in some ways doing that work whether you're really into it or not is what keeps you in touch with the reality of what's going on outside the institution
0: and it adds every time i do something like that even if i'm not so don't
1: never give up on all of that because i think that's the magic and it's a
0: triple luxury because i get to it's like it's you know, it's like we go to the diner and we can write it off. Cause we talk about like right. just us hanging out. It's is, my favorite story about you and
1: your father, but go yeah.
0: ahead. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll say that after, but <laughs> anything, anything that I do that's related to drawing or art or comics feeds into my professional yep. activities, which and will eventually money. help, which will eventually help. If I get money, that's even better. And yep. it's marketing. I'm like yeah, marketing yeah, yeah. myself to the industry. I'm improving my career and my standing yep. in my department. Yeah. I'm getting better at what I do. I'm building my confidence. Like it's it's win 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 win. Like the yeah the thing I haven't even talked about is like the the drawing. Like I don't know we were I don't know how long we've been going, but go ahead. we can uh, drawing for a minute. The the thing that the the academic life has given me an opportunity to do. Um, the thing that having this academic life has allowed me to do is to get back to drawing. Yeah like in such a major and focused way. And initially it was totally unfocused. It was like, you know, I, the first couple of years, uh, I likened it to being on a merry-go-round kind of a thing, yeah. you know, where it's like you throw all the pasta at the wall and see what sticks. Like I was I was drawing this, I was painting that, yeah. I was writing essays. But does
1: the drawing the news come out of wanting to do it all the time and, okay, I just need to give myself a subject because yeah. I'm tired and haven't?
0: Drawing the news came out of, of exactly that, of of avoiding the fear of – of the white page of the blank canvas. It's like
1: me doing my daily thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's so I don't need a prompt. The prompt Do you is, do it every day? I don't do it every day. Okay. Uh and I have I, I remember talking with one of my my undergrad buddies, another painter who's now uh again, this like awesome thing. Like I love bragging about my friends. He's the in it's the director of exhibitions, does no lead exhibition designer at uh LA Mocha. Yeah. Uh and or lacma
1: lacma lacma lacma
0: i always get this
1: wrong sorry patrick uh
0: so he i remember we had this discussion and now i totally lost my train of thought
1: <laughs> your friend who's out there uh um uh the fact that he's uh blah, 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 blah. where'd we go sorry oh the illustrating the daily thing oh
0: right 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 i remember um no, I don't remember. Anyway, I, I it, it started as a as a way to not have to be prompted so that I know every day I can sit down and, and get some work in and get, because I wanted to get better at drawing. I wanted to get, or not get better. Initially, it was just, I want to get back to where I used to be. You know, I used to be good at drawing. I used to know how to draw. And it used to not be precious, yeah. you know, because it would do a figure drawing class. the
1: thing and leave it there. Yeah.
0: And, you know, like there was this, this guy that I had an undergrad who, he had this phrase, miles of paper. Like, how'd you, some, te- some student asked him how he got so good. And his answer miles was of miles paper. of paper. I've thrown away more drawings than you'll make in your entire life. And, you know, and he made us, we, we would do, if we did 15 drawings, he'd make us throw away all but one of them or all but two of them. because they the crap. And I needed to get back to that point where it wasn't precious. The act of making art wasn't precious. I wanted, and, and by just through, you know, like a jazz thing, you know, repetition through, you know, abstraction through var- repetition variation through repetition doing my scales like just do this oh i know what i was so, so there was this guy uh that that my buddy patrick met um who drew a pay uh, made a drawing for every page in moby dick Ugh. and again listening when he listened whether he was overhearing him talk to somebody else about it or it was like for him it was like his cross to bear. It was yeah. this like Herculean effort, this Sisyphean. I made seven hundred forty-three. Uh, right, and yeah. it was just like I, you know, I did it even if I didn't want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like there's no fucking way. Like if I don't, if I don't have time, or if I don't have, if I don't find inspiration. I'm just not going to do one.
1: I do something else that you do find inspiring.
0: Or I'm busy, you know, with my kids or whatever, and I'm not going to beat myself up because it's, there's just, there's busy only s- watching
1: them draw the Titanic. <laughs> yeah. Or because I'm yeah. taking them to the doctor
0: or whatever, you know, it's just, there's, there's, you can't, I can't be an artist every day, you know, or I am even if I'm not making art, you know, and the yeah. idea that I would have to do it just, it's just not, I don't want, I don't want that calculus in my, it, it's in my life. It's interesting
1: because the, 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 it's almost a philosophical thing, right? Because your 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 statement there about getting to the point where it's not precious any longer. Mm-hmm. My way of doing that is I have to put something out every day, right? right? And am I happy about all of them? No, right. But that's not the point. Yeah, mean um, I,
0: I drew. I do a lot of portraits when people pass away, and I did, I like some of them are great. The David Bowie one yep. is kind of like iconic, and the Bourdain one I did earlier or last last year. I did one of a wreathlet that is fucking garbage. It's a terrible drawing. It looks nothing. It's maybe not a terrible drawing as a drawing, but it looks nothing. It's a terrible likeness. Yeah. Yeah. Or like I did one of Hillary Clinton. I mean, maybe I I need to draw more more women is probably what's going on. How are you with caricatures? Uh, I can do all right. I did this thing for The Observer at the end of last year that I did a Chris Christie and Scott Pruitt, you know, people that waste taxpayer money. Yeah. Uh, And I think that they're pretty good. You know, they're sort of the standard... The, the observer style, large head caricature yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. And I think they, I think it came out pretty good. Yeah. Um, but I don't know that I could, you know, if I, I think, you know, yeah. like you look at those guys in Times Square or Coney Island or whatever, who yeah. do the, the, 30 shar- seconds the sharpie caricatures. It's impressive. I think I could train myself to do that because it's about focusing on, you know, the eyes, the nose, the mouth, the ears, you yeah. know, the hairline, like there's certain things yeah. that you just find focus the things
1: that is very them and go and then accentuate that. them.
0: Yep. Yeah. And then exaggerate. Um, but it's a skill I haven't worked on. But yeah. I think I could, if I worked on it, I think I could, you know. I, this is, it's kind of like with retouching. Like if some, anytime any photographer has ever emailed me or art director or whatever and said, we want to do this, can you do it? And my thing is, I'll never say no. If right. it's, it's, if it's. Take it till you make it. <laughs> well, and and it's also like, if you want it done in Photoshop, it's possible. Yeah. Like the only thing that's really impossible is, and it's even that's not, because there are always ways around it, but it's essentially like, If you have a black sweater, making that black sweater white, that's like, that's like maybe the only, yeah, yeah yeah. but have I done that in my retouching career? Yes, I have. (laughs) Really? And I, and I think that's the same thing like with drawing, like I, and that's what got me that first illustration job is like, I had, did not have confidence that I could do accessory design. I did not have confidence that I could use the the computer, but I knew I could draw the shit out of pretty much anything. Right. And so I feel like if somebody's like, can you draw this?
1: There's a base level of confidence just in that.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's like I have the skill.
1: You have the fundamental skill that everything else is based upon.
0: And this is actually, I remember when I I left retouching, when I got the job as uh, teaching and was getting back into drawing. I I remember that, thinking that, like, I need to get my confidence in my drawing, my, that, those old school to me, you know, because they're old school in my life. Yeah. I need to get back. I need that, the confidence that I have in my retouching, because at that time I was like, yeah, I'll retouch it, whatever you need. If you have it, I can do it. Special effects, I'll figure it out, you know, given enough time and, you know, I I have people that I can lean on and watch a YouTube tutorial, although most of them are garbage, Um, but more likely you lean on people that I know, you know, but, but I, I really wanted to get back to that with my, with my art.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's worked. The, uh, and, I, and I wanted to make comics. And so I grabbed Gideon, who you know, yeah, Gideon sorry. Kendall, who's, you know, I, I always get him joke. On here at some point. Yeah, you should. Gideon, I always joke that Gideon's who I wanted to be when I, who I want to be when I grow up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, You know, cause he was. We got a few we,
1: years. He's a few years older than he us. He is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But he, you know, when we first met, he was like a rock star and he was an, he was an animator and, and a crazy illustrator. And yep. it's like, oh man, that's who I want to be when I grow up. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but me and we him- We all still feel that way, so. Yeah, but me and him, you know, we'd always talked, we'd always connected on comics and we'd always talked about making comics and like, maybe we'll do it together. And I worked on, he did a fake brain for his old band comic and I did a page for two for it. And I was like, Gideon, let's apply to MochaFest. Yeah. And this was six, seven years ago. And he was like, all right, he applied and we got a table. He's was like, shit, now we got to make comics. Yeah. And I had been working on something and he had sort of started something. But then we actually like- printed our comics and got the table and sold comics and, you know, seven years later, six years later, we, we're not like, he's, he, he won an Eisner. He won yeah. the Academy Award of comic books. I have not done that yet, yeah <laughs> but I've made, you know, I've made comics, which I had wanted to do since I was, you know, seven years old.
1: And, but you know, and he's also an in- interesting example in the sense that as good as he is and as much work as he's done, it's really been in the last few years where he's really started to get this like really blowing up in the industry, he's fifty-two years right. old or whatever it is, right? Right. right.
0: There was that you article know? that just yeah. came out, yeah. You know, and but it's, but it's, this is, but he kind of like retouching. Like he worked in, he's made most of his money in animation. Animation, right? He was a background designer, which yeah. is kind of like a retail you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. you wanna, it just it you, just goes you know to show about the
0: showrunner. You know about that? You don't know yeah. the background designer,
1: right. and but it it just goes to show you that it can take decades, yeah, for people to notice you, even if you're doing the same kind of work you've always been doing,
0: right? Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
1: It's good. So wait, tell me the story about your dad to wrap up.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is, this is a good one. Um, so my dad and I have, it's, it's not necessarily a particular story, but my dad and I have a running, uh, running joke, I guess, a running gag yeah. that, uh, he used to come meet me whenever I, when he moved back to the city after he retired. Um, and I had jobs in Manhattan. He would come wherever I was in the city and I'm, jumped around. He would come meet me for lunch at least once a week. Um and you you guys are that close. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's yeah, he's awesome. My dad is he is a a great dad. He is a great friend. He is a a great man. I yeah. That's another podcast. I could just spend an hour or two talking about how awesome he is. Um but yeah, I mean and we talk about it, we talk about life, we talk about art, we talk about basketball. Um and at the end of every meal the check comes and I look him in the eye and I say, how's the writing? And he says, it's good. How's the art? And I say, it's great. And then, we, and then he, whoever picked up the check writes, writes off the meal.
1: Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> you talked about business. We talked about business, yeah. It's, uh, so
0: Bill, how's the photography? It's
1: great. Excellent. Glad to hear that. How, how's, how's professoring?
0: Professoring is good, but the other
1: thing. Oh,
0: how's the illustrating? Illustrating is great. Illustrating is great. <laughs> With the new tax laws, you can't write off any uh, outside expenses for teaching. Oh, really? That's part of the uh, trillion dollar tax break for rich assholes.
1: Interesting. I hadn't (laughs) thought of that. Yeah. There's also a change in the, it makes it less worthy of itemizing stuff, right?
0: Yeah. And that's one of the things, I think it depends what business you're in, not to get into a tax discussion at the end here. But yeah, it's. uh,
1: It'll be interesting to see what my and my wife's taxes end up looking like in April. I'm curious. Yeah, it's going to be good. Uh, you got anything else you want to add?
0: Um, if you want to follow me, I guess you put all those tags and stuff. I'm at enoogs. Yeah. Follow the boys. at. Is that tiny- where the
1: news stuff goes in the enoogs?
0: Yeah, yeah. Everything's – I don't have – I do have – E-N-O-O-G-S. E-N-O-O-G-S. Tiny Art Directors, plural, yeah. is the boys' feed. Which is pretty great. Um, do if they you have were- more
1: followers than you do? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but
0: they are like I, – I need to like – monitor their their social media like i don't want them to get into chasing likes and stuff um but you know i guess there could be worse
1: things right because they're doing they're hey, people making get jobs based upon how many likes they have that's a whole <laughs> Maybe other they'll conversation be, they'll be influencers uh yeah,
0: yeah I, I guess i would say if you're in seattle i'll be at emerald city comic-con in march uh if you're in new york i'll be at mocha fest in april okay um look out for my new children's book uh oh it's gonna. It's a ABCs of Ultimate Frisbee. See, it comes full circle with oh, that. Cute. Uh, following up the the counting Ultimate Frisbee book that came out a couple of years ago, uh, it should be on shelves and available on Amazon um, in summer.
1: And uh, if you want to get a four year degree, go to City Tech.
0: City Tech is yeah, it's a very good school. We we um, what does it
1: what does tuition cost at City Tech?
0: City Tech, CUNY. The CUNY system is the I think CUNY and SUNY are kind of neck and neck uh, as the least expensive. Definitely, in the state of New York, they're the least expensive four year colleges. It's i think forty seven hundred a semester to be a full time student at city so Tech. It
1: still costs you ten grand a year
0: ten grand a year, and there's no dorms or anything, so it's just for your classes and you'll have to pay a little extra for supplies but but uh, uh there's also at even at that low low price, I think seventy percent of my students are on full or partial or full financial aid yeah yeah um oh, and there's what? now the the uh Excelsior, which is uh not to get into that whole thing it's not helpful to every student but yeah. there is there, it basically makes up the difference from financial oh, aid to the, to the rest of the bill yeah yeah
1: teaching the kids
0: teaching the kids i love teaching teaching is great
1: i know you're very excited about it <laughs> uh thank you eli thanks for, hey, me. Thanks for having me bill <laughs>